ladies and gentlemen, in just five minutes, the service at Fellowship Baptist Church will begin. We are glad you've joined us today, and we are full of anticipation for what the Lord is going to do today in our midst. The service begins in five minutes.
Good morning, church, and happy Sunday to you. You snow people, you got faked out, huh, yesterday? But just a dusting, as they say. Let's stand together. We're going to sing Blessed Assurance. We can have the assurance in Christ this morning through our salvation in Him. He keeps us, He settles us, He seals us, and one day we will see Him face to face in His full glory. Won't that be amazing? Let's sing together on that first verse. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight, angels descending, bring from above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior, am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story. Praising my Savior all the 
This is our story. Amen. Hopefully you have blessed assurance. One day you will die and go to heaven. Think about it. This is the only hell you'll ever know. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then we get promoted to something that we can't imagine. More than we could ever imagine. And I can imagine a lot of cool things. Amen. We'll be with Jesus. Our loved ones that have gone before us that knew the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord and ask him to bless our services today. Father, we love you. You sent Jesus to die for us. You made a way to pay for all of our sins. And you call us your children. We are adopted into your family if we know you. Lord, I do pray that you would bless our services this morning. That each heart would be filled with exactly what each heart needs today. Lord, I pray for someone to get saved today. Someone to make a decision to get victory over sin. To get comfort and strength where that's needed. Fellowship. Family, Lord, we pray for all those things to happen. We pray that your Holy Spirit would just work in a wonderful way during our service. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you may be seated. Pastor told me to open up the service. He's at our Spanish ministry opening up for them. Is it their anniversary today? How many years, brother? Uh, does... How many years has our Spanish ministry been going? Does anybody have that number? Six years. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good. Well, uh, we need to take care of some business here. Uh, I have a certificate from Fellowship Baptist Church uh, for Al English. Come forward, brother. For completing and reading the Bible in 2023. Amen. Well, uh, if you're here for the first time, we are so thankful to have you with us. You're our guest, and we have a free gift for you. All you need to do is give us your email address, and we will send it to you. We're not going to sell your information, but it is a wonderful resource called Right Now Media. All kinds of wonderful Bible studies, and it's free to you. You just need to go ahead and fill out the visitor's card. Put your email address on there. And also, there's a place where you can put prayer requests. And that goes for our members, too. And the pews there, if you have a special prayer request you want Pastor or Christopher, myself, or Pastor Schneider to pray for, um, go ahead and fill that in. Put it in the offering plate, and we will make sure to be praying for all of you. Uh, the snow was a little disappointing, wasn't it? Raise your hand if you hate snow. You guys probably prayed for it to be little. I kind of don't like y'all this morning. I love snow. I'm waiting for the big one. I want, we're running out of time though. And um, so we need your prayers. Pastor and I are heading to Peru tomorrow. And, um, you know, his wife got very sick. We were a little bit worried about postponement, maybe canceling, but uh, the Lord has seen fit to us to move forward. We're going to go check out the church that we have adopted, our, our sister church, our family church. It's a survey trip. We're going to find out everything that we can possibly do for that church to bless them. 
and to expand their ministry and maybe plant a whole bunch of other churches down um, in Peru. And so we're going to be going in August, August, I think, 5th. And, you know, it's it's eight to a thousand dollars for your eight hundred to a thousand dollars for airfare. I know that's a lot of money, but pray, pray now. Say, God, do you want me on that trip? And start prepping for it. Get your passport. Start saving your money for the airfare. We'd love to take a group of, you know, 12 to 20 people down there. And uh, of course, when Pastor and I get back next Thursday, we'll have a much better idea of exactly the type of work and ministry that we'll be able to do down there. But we want to take a crew down there and see lives changed and uh, just hearts captured for Jesus. Amen. We want you to be a part of that. All right, let's do our video announcements. Within the last couple of years, our grounds crew leaders have built an amazing bonfire area out back at our church. It's already been a blessing. We've had great times of fellowship, praise to the Lord as we've sang to Him around the fire, and of course there's been some delicious treats too. Well guess what? We're going to have another bonfire on March 17th at 6pm. That's a Sunday night. So you'll want to mark your calendar and make sure that you leave yourself available to come out that night and have some really memorable fellowship around the fire. We want to see you there. We are having a movie night on March 1st at 7 o'clock p.m. That's a Friday night. And we're going to get together and we're going to watch the movie Overcomer. It's done by the same group that did Facing the Giants, Courageous, and so many more. It's awesome, it's encouraging, and you'll want to be there. We're going to have so much fun together. Our missionary of the week is the Aaron family. Josh, Natalie, and their two daughters are serving in Chatsworth, South Africa. Although most people there speak English, the people in more remote areas speak Zulu. So they have begun studying Zulu in order to reach more people. Please pray this week for the Aaron family and for South Africa. Worship the King. 
stand together church and continue singing oh a little bit of an obstacle course up here sometimes believe for it and we can believe what did what was the philippian jailer told in acts 16:31 believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved our chains have been broken if you have accepted christ as your savior you are no longer bound by sin because of what he has done for you they say this mountain can be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. We've heard that there is no way through. what you can do. There is power in your name. So much power in your name. Move the unmovable, break the unbreakable. God, we Impossible 
will see a miracle. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. There is an empty grave. We know that hope is never lost. For there is still an empty grave. God, we believe no matter what. There is power in your name. So much power in your name. Move the unmovable. Break the We'll see a miracle, God we believe, God we believe for it. Move the immovable, break the unbreakable, God we believe, God we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe, God, we believe for it. God, we believe, God, we believe for it. From the impossible, you will see a miracle. We'll come in again, Rosie, if you could just give us another intro. Thank you very much. All praise to him who reigns above in his majesty that is supreme. All praise to him who reigns above in majesty supreme. Who gave his son for man to die that he might man redeem. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's our counselor. His name shall be the counselor, the mighty prince of peace. Of all earth's kingdoms conqueror, whose name shall never cease. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. 
name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Most high. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Strong. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into Holy is the name of the Lord. Holy is the name of the Lord. Holy is the name of the Lord. Most high. Holy is the name of the Lord. Holy is the name of the Lord. Of the Lord most high. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord most high. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord most high. Amen. Great singing. You know, some of you, as I look out, you look like you have burdens on you. And sometimes, church, that prevents us from praising God properly. But remember, what does he say in 1 Peter 5, 7? Cast all your cares upon him for He cares for you. Try to remember that truth as you're giving praise to God and as we listen to the Word of God preached. And lastly, we'll hear from Debbie White singing some special music for us this morning. Thank you for your singing. Please be seated.
Spanish ministry is celebrating their sixth anniversary today. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, wonderful people there. I, I open. They're so friendly. Most of them speak English. So when we're at, when we have a fellowship, or sometimes some of the Spanish people come in the morning here at 9:30, talk to them. Most speak English. That's. Uh, it's uh, unique. It's, uh, they're part of the church. Some only speak Spanish, but most do speak English, at least some English, and they're, they're just such friendly and gracious people. Um, pray for Pastor Miner as he leads them. And uh, he started English classes, I think, on Tuesday evening. And uh, we've seen some people get saved through the English classes. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, please be praying for that. Well, we're going to take some time uh, now to pray. If you would like to come to the altar, I invite you to do that at this time. Uh, let me give you a few uh, updates, new prayer requests. Uh, Pat Best's brother passed away. Uh, we need to be praying for the family. Joe Dillon, Joe was so faithful here for so many years. He's not. He's in a nursing home the last Oh, goodness, seven or eight years now. Um, Joe had a stroke and was taken to Capital Region Medical Center. He is doing better and is expected to be released tomorrow. 
either to go back to the veterans home where he stays in Charlotte Hall or to a rehab center. So be praying for him and uh, praise the Lord that uh, it looks like he's going to be fine. Abby Conrad at school is, is really, really sick, tested negative for COVID and the flu, so that's good, but she's very sick. Uh, we prayed last week for Marty Bagwell's brother. He's out of the hospital after that car accident. Praise the Lord for that, but keep praying. That's a, car accidents mess you up for a long time often, so be praying for him. And uh, continued prayer requests for many, and we'll pray with those as we go. Let's pray. Father, we do love you. Because you love us, and I I look and see many requests. We're so needy, God, but you're so good. We do pray for Pat Best's family. She told me they know he's in heaven, gave a clear testimony of knowing Jesus Christ. So we praise you for that, and that certainly is comfort, but it's always a loss. So bless the family and be near to them. We thank you for Marty's brother doing better and out of the hospital. We pray, God, for the family of the young man that passed away and for the, everyone involved in that accident, God, we pray for complete and total healing. Bless them. We pray for Joe Dillon. Father, get him. he wants to be back at the veteran's home. We pray that he'd be able to get back there very soon, possibly even tomorrow. God, we trust you for complete healing for him as well. We pray for Abby and lift her up and pray that this sickness would pass quickly. We continue to lift up Pastor Chuck's grandmother and Katie's grandfather. God bless them and heal them. Have your way in those situations. We pray for Joseph Franklin, that young man. He's still in the hospital in Miami. Bless him, God. Deliver him from there quickly. There's uh, been some rejection of the organs from the transplant. Now, God, he's on a lot of medication, and they're trying to fix that. We just pray, God, that you would resolve the whole situation. We pray for continued healing for Rebecca Morgan, for T. Smith, for John O'Neill, for my wife, Terry, and uh, healing as she recovers from COVID now as well. We pray for continued healing for Harry Mosby, Ken Harriet, for Gregory Troll, Jerry Dodd. God, we've had so many people have surgery. Bless them, God, and bring them through to full recovery very quickly. We pray for Israel and Palestinians, Ukraine and Russia, the the wars that are going on. God, bring those to a peaceful resolution very quickly. It's terrible to see people being killed and maimed, injured. God, use this to bring people to Christ and bring peace there very soon. And now, Father, as we look to your word... Teach us, bless us, help us to be still and listen to you. Uh, As Brother Michael said, many here are carrying burdens, heavy burdens. We need to cast those on Jesus and stop and put everything else aside and listen to your sweet Holy Spirit. God, teach us from your word. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may return to your seats. What would you be willing to die for? What would you be willing to die for? Is there anything that you would die for today? I very much respect and appreciate our military 
because they put their lives on the line for us. People know when they sign up in the military, they may have to die for this country. And I love them and appreciate that about them. I appreciate police officers. I know people get, many people don't like the police today, but you know what? The police put their lives on the line. Just a few days ago, there was a 13-hour standoff in Washington, D.C. Some man had been abusing dogs. He had 31 dogs. His neighbors filmed him punching dogs in the face. Now, that's just sick. I'm not even a dog person, really, uh, but my wife is, and she has a dog. I don't claim the dog. She has a dog that I feed and let out. But to punch a dog in the face, that's terrible. That, that's wrong. Well, the police went to arrest the man, and he started shooting at them. Shot a few police officers. The police cleared the area. But here's what happens. The police clear everybody out, and then they go in. Now, even if you don't like police, you ought to respect that. When 9-11 happened, you know, the firefighters went into the building so everybody else could get out. They put their lives on the line for us. I appreciate that greatly. Let's look at Acts chapter 21. Acts chapter 21 we're gonna, I'm going to overlap a little bit from last week's message. We'll back up to verse 10. I think I ended in verse 12 last week. But Acts 21, beginning in verse 10, it says, And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying, The will of the Lord be done. Paul is at the end of his third missionary journey. He's in the city of Caesarea. We saw that last week. He was at Philip's house. And Paul said, I'm ready not just to be bound, but to die. I'm ready to die. Now, in Hebrews 9.27, it says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. You know, the reality is, unless God intervenes, unless God takes us out of here, we are going to die. Every one of us. And none of us knows when. I certainly hope it's not today. But some years ago, we had a man sitting right down here on the front row, Sunday morning, and he had a heart attack that afternoon. By the grace of God, he did live. As far as I know, he's still alive. He moved away, so I don't have any contact with him anymore. 
But we never know. A few months ago, a young man died right in front of our church. Nobody knows what happened. He was driving down Rosaryville Road, suddenly veered left. You could see the skid marks as he went left, hit a tree, and died right out here. We talked to his family. They don't know what he was doing. Nobody knows what happened. Was there a deer and he swore? No one knows but God. He did not leave home that day thinking, that's it. This is the last day of my life. We don't know how long we had. Paul said he was ready to die. Let me ask you, are you ready to die? Do you know 100% for certain that if you die today, that you will be in heaven? Do you know? Nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Any one of us could have, it, I could have an aneurysm in me that I have no idea about. It bursts and I'm gone. Anyone can have a heart attack and be gone like that. I hear too often of younger people even having heart attacks. It's terrible. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Do you know what's going to happen when you die? Not, I hope so. I think I've been good enough. Do you know? I said, well, you can't know. You have to wait till you die, and God gets out the big scale, and if you did more good than bad, you go to heaven. If you did more bad than good, you go to hell. That's not true. I grew up believing that. It's not in the Bible. It's not there. If being good would get you to heaven, why did Jesus die on the cross? In fact, the Bible says, if you think your good works can get you to heaven, you frustrate the grace of God. You're taking the grace of God and throwing it out and saying, I got this, God, I don't need you. You may not verbally say that, but that's in effect what you're doing. If you think your good works are going to get you to heaven, you don't need Jesus. I got this. I'm good enough. No, you're not. We've all sinned. We're all guilty of sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You cannot sit there and tell me you've never sinned. You have told, an, uh, told a lie at some point in your life. One lie is enough to send us to hell. And we lied before we can even remember. Look at my little granddaughter. She's four. She will lie to you. I've seen her do it. Let her go to the bathroom. Did you wash hands? Yes. It's funny, they're really dry, and you don't dry them quite that well. The sink's dry, your hands are dry. Did you really wash your hands? No. See, she lied. And we've all done it. And that's all it takes to send a man to hell. Wait, wait, that nobody has a chance. Exactly, nobody has a chance by their own good works. That's why Jesus came and died in our place. And if you don't know 100% for sure that you're going to heaven, you need to get that straight today. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. Car accidents happen. Sadly, people in our community will die in this metropolitan area. People will die in car accidents today. It's horrible. But it happens all over the United States every day. 
thousands of people die. Are you ready? You say, I'm staying at home. I'm, I'm wrapping myself in bubble wrap and going nowhere. Doesn't protect you from a heart attack. We can't keep ourselves. Only God can. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 said, Paul said, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. You need to be sure. Paul was writing to the church at Corinth. He said, listen, you need to examine yourselves and make sure you are saved. He said that to church members. Are you sure you're saved? Matthew chapter 7. I go here often, but it's actually been quite a while since we've gone here. So we're going to go there today. Matthew chapter 7. I've often said these are the verses that motivate me in ministry more than any others. Matthew 7 verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? They're doing great things in the name of Jesus. Verse 23, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. He's not going to say you didn't do enough works. He's not going to say you didn't get baptized. You didn't sing in the choir and I gave you a good voice. You didn't give enough money. You didn't go to Sunday school. You didn't join a life group. You, you didn't teach and I gave you ability to. You didn't, didn't, whatever. The only thing he's going to say is, I never knew you. I never knew you. There was never a relationship between me and you. You knew about me, but you never knew me. John 17, 3, Jesus gives the definition of eternal life. He said, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Do you know Jesus? Do you know God, not just know about him, do you know him? If you're not sure, the end of the service, we have an invitation, but this is early in the message. If God's convicting you and say, I know I need to be saved, walk right out the back door. We've got people ready right now. There's people in the foyer that will help you and show you how to be saved. Certainly, you're welcome to come at the end, but don't delay salvation. It is the most important thing in the world. Are you ready to die? If this is the day, where will you be? You got to know. Too important. Let's look back at, at, at Acts 21. Paul said in verse 13, I'm ready not to be down bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem. Why? For the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul said, I'm ready to die for the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul was ready to give his life for the cause of Christ. He understood that he owed God everything. The truth is, we all do. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies 
a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Your reason. Listen, if you've been born again, I have been born again, it is our reasonable service to present my body as a living sacrifice to God. To say, here I am, God. You bought me by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. I belong to you. Here I am. Do whatever you want with my life. Here it is, God. What do you want me to do? Some are scared to do that. I know a young lady right now, she's told me, she said, I'm scared to death to completely surrender to God because I'm afraid of what he might want me to do. I said, what do you think he might want you to do? I don't know, but I'm scared. And the sad thing is, she's miserable. She's miserable and, and haunted by this and has been for years because she just won't surrender. Where if she surrendered, I don't know what the worst thing is God could make you do. Most people think, well, I'm going to the jungles of the Amazon and living with the pygmies who shoot darts and kill people or something. And I, I don't know. Whatever the worst thing you can come up with that you would have to do, you'd be happier there in the will of God than you are here miserable. It's better to live in a mud hut in the will of God than to live in a mansion in rebellion against God. Uh, David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. That, that's better than just do what God wants. He'll give you joy in it. Whatever he wants. That's what Paul is saying. Uh, would, would you be willing to give your life for the cause of Christ? Would you die for Jesus? Paul wrote Romans, of course, and remember that Paul, by his own testimony, I think we looked at it last week or sometime in the last few weeks, Paul went around persecuting Christians. He took Christians and he even says he compelled them to blaspheme. He tortured them and in some cases killed them. Paul saw Christians blaspheme the name of Jesus. Because, now what he did, I don't know. I don't think the rack was invented. Uh, did he beat them? He does say that he beat some. He beat them. He threatened their lives. He may have threatened, and you know, I picture a mother and they're, he's threatening to kill her children until she would deny Christ. Threatening men, I'm going to kill your wife, your kids, whatever, unless you deny Jesus. They're all going to die today, and some denied Jesus. Now, don't be too hard on them, because we don't know what we would do. I, I would like to think I would die, but face it, let's be honest. They beat us bad enough and torture us bad enough. Who knows what we might say? Paul who did this to people and saw it happen, said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. We're to give ourselves completely. 
If you wouldn't die for the cause of Christ, what would you be willing to die for? Now, our military, they're all willing to give their life for this country. Most men would give their life to protect their, their wife and their children. If you're out in the woods, you're hiking somewhere, and a grizzly bear comes around the corner, you're going to get between your family and the grizzly bear. Most men would do that. The man who runs away, I hope the bear chases him. They actually tell you, don't run. If you run, the bear will chase you. Its, uh, it's instincts just kick in. That will cause the bear to chase you, even if he didn't want you before, he will now. So don't run from a bear. You can't outrun him anyway. What would you give your life for? How committed are we really to getting the gospel out? I, I remember an illustration I was told all the way back in high school. And uh, Andrew Buckingham reminded us of it on the, uh, uh, when we went to the prayer advance. A breakfast of ham and eggs. The chicken is involved. The pig is committed. Are we committed to the cause of Christ? Willing to lay down our lives. I, I want to show you a, a picture, if you would, put up the first picture. Uh, do you know who, anybody know who that young man is? A few do. His name's John Allen Chow. Go to the next picture. You can't see it very well. Oh, I do have a pointer here. Right here, this is, this is India right there. Uh, Indonesia is down here. China's up there, Myanmar. There's an island right in here, North Sentinel Island. Does that ring a bell to anyone? Yeah. We've got a few more. Show the last picture. This is a picture of the people on North Sentinel Island, the Sentinelese people. They are considered the most isolated tribe on the face of the earth. They have con had contact with virtually no one for many decades, maybe even centuries. You're not allowed to go there. John Allen Chow, a Christian young man, had a burden for the people on North Sentinel Island. He went there. He actually made four trips to the island, made some contact. The the Sentinelese warned him, yelled at him, threw spears at him and things to warn him to leave. And on his fourth visit there, they killed him. The world was outraged. The reaction from the world was so negative. One of the people on the, the mission organization that John trained with, her name's Pam Arland, she was basically mocked because they said, Pam Arland, in quoting now, perversely reasons that denying tribes people an opportunity to say yes or no to Christ means denying them their human rights. I said, good for her. She's right. But they call that, the world calls that perverse 
to want these people to get the gospel. Sadly, uh, John Allen Chow's father, Patrick, who claims to be a Christian, sent John to a Christian school. He said this about the Great Commission. He said the Great Commission is a biblically-based slogan distorted for the hidden colonialist or imperialist agenda. Now, listen, colonialism is a bad thing. There's no question. And the history of the people, the Sentinelese, their history is that people came onto the island and would capture men and take them away to be slaved. And this happened by the Chinese, the Burmese, the Malaysians. They all came at different points in history and captured these men to make them slaves. The, the Sentinelese believe in Tomayu. Tomayu is an evil spirit that hunts and captures men, taking them away to his place. So what has happened, you have these people on an island, and more advanced people have come and grabbed them and captured them and taken them away to make slaves out of them. Now, when the father talked about colonialism, that the, the Great Commission is an excuse for colonialism. Sadly, many people have misused the gospel. They've done things like, well, yeah, we enslaved these people, but we gave them the gospel, so it's okay, they're better off now. That's called justification of your sin. That's wrong. You cannot enslave people in the name of Jesus. That's just wicked. But it has happened. It happened in our country. We know this. It's happened all over the world. That happened to the Sentinelese. And, and this is how the devil works, too. The devil has taken what happened on North Sentinel Island. These people coming and being captured, and now they believe there's an evil spirit that comes as a man, and he may come from the sea, and he takes men and hauls them away to his place. So naturally, any foreigner, they think it's a demon coming to get them. So that's why they attack. The, the devil has used the wickedness of man to turn these people to where it's almost impossible for an outsider to get in and share Christ. Now, John Allen Chow gave his life to try to see these people saved. But the world looks at it and says, what a wicked, selfish young man that he would do such a thing and ruin these people. They have a primitive lifestyle, good for them. They're untouched, unvarnished, un unwhatever. No evil thing. The wickedness of the modern world has not touched them. They are pure, and we need to just leave them alone just like that. They're dying and going to hell. I'm not telling you go out tomorrow to Sentinel Island. But we ought to be praying for Sentinel Island. Because now the Indian government has, it, it's barricaded. You're not allowed anywhere near there. You will be arrested if you come close to the island. How do you get the gospel to those people? I don't have the answer, but God does. We can pray for them. They're, they are not the only isolated tribe in the world. There are others in various places. 
but they are considered the most isolated. And this young man tried to get there. Uh, you might fault his methods. I, I don't fault his heart, that's for sure. He was enamored with uh, what happened in South America years ago with Nate Saint and Jim Elliott. They went to the Aka Indians, and the Indians killed four men, and it made international news. And then the wives of those men won those, those natives to Christ. And the men that killed them got saved and baptized and preached the gospel. God used that tragedy in a wonderful way. And I hope and pray he does with John Allen Chow as well. I don't know how because there's now no contact with those people, but he's God. We're not. This man gave his life. The world's against us. The world thinks getting the gospel out just an excuse for colonialism. No, it's not. Getting the gospel out is right. Colonialism is wrong. Mixing them together, it's still sin. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. To just take the gospel to people, that's what's right. By the way, colonialism, I've used the word a couple of times. If you don't know what that means, remember we were British colonies at one time in this country. Um, it means a, a nation goes to another country, sets up colonies. They do it to exploit the land, the resources, or the people. That's what they're doing. Almost, uh, I was surprised at this, almost every country in the world has been a colony at some point. There are only, it depends on who you read, I Google this, approximately 12 countries that have never been colonized out of almost 200 countries on earth. So there's very few that were never colonized in any way. Uh, we were, and then we became colonizers, and that's the truth in many countries as well. Sad. It's the nature of man. Man exploits other people. The strong exploit the weak. That's the history of the world. Sadly, man's born in sin and in need of Jesus. Paul, let's go to Romans 9. Paul was willing. He said, I'm ready to die at Jerusalem. But he went even further than that. John Allen Chapp was willing to die for the people of the Sentinelese. He knew he might be killed. And he went anyway. In Romans 9, verse 1 Paul said, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul, he's talking about Israel. Now remember, Paul wrote this. He wrote Romans from Acts chapter 20. He was already on his way toward Jerusalem when he wrote Romans and he said, I would not only die for my people, he said, I could wish myself accursed from Christ. I would be willing to go to hell if my countrymen would get saved. Whew. Now that's love. That's love. There's people willing to die for our country. Most men are willing to die for their families. Mothers would die for their children. But to go to hell, that's eternal. Paul said, I could wish myself accursed 
from Christ. Now, he knew it wasn't possible. That's in Romans chapter 9. In Romans chapter 8, just the verses right before that, remember chapter divisions were invented much later. Uh, Paul didn't write in chapters and verses, he just wrote. The end of chapter 8, Paul says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not life or death or things present or things to come. Absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God. In fact, Romans 8, those last two or three verses, some people want to argue once saved, always saved. Just read Romans chapter 8. It's crystal clear. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not things present, not things to come. Well, you can separate yourself. Are you not present? You live in the present, don't you? Things to come. Well, that's us too. We'll be here in the future. See, the future's already here. You cannot separate yourself from the love of God. Once you're in Christ, you're in Christ, and nothing can ever separate you. So Paul knew it was impossible, but he said, if it were possible, I'd go to hell to see my people saved. Wow. That's love. That's the kind of love that makes a difference. John Knox prayed his great prayer to God was, God, give me Scotland or I die. I'm going to die if I don't see people saved, God. He couldn't stand it. And John Knox saw many, many people come to Christ. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. So, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered you together? I'd have brought you in like a hen covers her chickens under her chicks under her wings, and you would not. Was Jesus willing to die for Jerusalem? Oh, yes, he was. Was Jesus willing to go to hell for Jerusalem? You know what? Jesus died and went to hell for every one of us. When he died, he went to hell. He paid the full price for our sin. Praise God, he didn't stay there. He rose again. And we have life because of him. We owe him everything. We need the kind of passion that Paul had, that John Knox had. If you would, someone say, yes, I would give my life for Jesus. Are you willing to die to yourself day by day? You see, in some ways, that's actually even harder. You say, yes, I will die for the cause of Christ. God can take my life right now. But what about tomorrow? Will you put aside all your selfish interests and only live for the things that God wants you to do? And the day after that? And the day after that? Think of it this way. You know, time is the most valuable thing we have. You don't have anything more valuable than your time because none of us knows how much we have. And a million dollars can't buy you one more second. You can't buy time. So one thing cannot be bought. Everything's for sale in this country except time. You can get some time-saving things, but you can't buy another day of your life. So think of this. Your life, you have so many days left, you don't know how many, only God does. So to die right now means basically I'm spending all those days at one time. If I'm surrendering my life for Christ, I'm taking however much of my life is left, 10, 20, maybe 40 years. I don't think I'll live to be that long, but who knows? 
All of that time left, I'm surrendering all of that right now for Christ. I'm spending, it's like taking all of your money and spending it at one time. Boom, it's all gone. You'll never have another dollar. It's not too many things I think you would want to spend that on. We spend our life day by day. Instead of taking all of it at one time and boom, it's gone right now, I'm laying down my life. Most of us will never be called to literally give our life for Christ, to die for the cause of Christ. It is highly unlikely that anyone in this room is ever going to die for Jesus Christ. Now, the way our country's going, that could happen, but I think we're a few decades away, I hope, uh, before we get to that point. But most likely, no one here is ever going to be faced with dying for Jesus Christ. You're not going to have to take all of your life and spend it at one time. Right now, I'm gone. But we spend our life day by day. You're spending it well this morning here in church. What are you going to do this afternoon? Uh, let's be honest, we spend a lot of our time frivolously, and our time is our life. We only have so much time. Y you can, okay, if you eat right and exercise, you can possibly extend your life. You will be healthier and will live longer if car accident or something like that doesn't happen to you. So you can do things to theoretically... It, I should say, potentially extend your life if something, you know, an accident or something doesn't happen. But we still have a limited amount of time. How are we spending it? We should be willing to die for Christ, but are we willing to go day by day for Jesus? Well, you take tomorrow and say, you know what, today, like Paul said, I die daily. Today, it's not about me. What does God want me to do? Maybe I shouldn't be going and hanging out with that friend. Maybe I shouldn't be watching that television program. Maybe I shouldn't be uh, going online there. Maybe I shouldn't be uh, doing this or that. I should be reading my Bible. I should be talking to my friend about Jesus. What does God want me to do? Now, the devil will tell you, God will never let you have any fun again the rest of your life. It's not the God I know. Who do you think invented laughter? It was God. Ephesians 5.16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Are you spending your life on things that matter? Things that will make a difference. Listen. What can you do today that's going to make a difference a thousand years from now? Now, I think Jesus is coming before then. But if he doesn't, you know, 2,000 years ago, they thought he was coming any time. So uh, maybe he's not coming for another thousand years. What can you do that will matter a thousand years from now? You know, really, about the, uh, the only thing you can do is sharing Christ, seeing somebody get saved. That'll matter a thousand years from now. Because you try to tell me anything that was done in the year 1024 that impacts us today. I don't know of anything. I don't know of any great invention in 1024 that still matters today. 
Some of you historians are going to come and tell me something later. I, don't, I never learned the year 1024 in history class. 1066, yes, but not 1024. What happened in 1066? The Norman, Norman Conquest, something like that. Battle of Hastings, I think. I wasn't a history major, and it shows. But you know what? You pray, and you give up your life. You surrender your life to Christ and pray and intercede and see your friend, your neighbor, your loved one comes to, come to Christ. That'll matter not just a 1,000 years, but 10,000 and a million years from now. That will matter forever. How are we spending our lives? Our lives belong to God. What would you be willing to die for? What would you be willing to give your life for day by day? Let's pray. Father, thank you. My life is yours. Because you bought me. And you paid for me. And far too often I do things that are just selfish. I just do what I want to do instead of doing what you want me to do. God, help us to, as Paul said, die daily, to surrender our bodies, a living sacrifice unto you. Your plan to reach the world is through the church. You're not sending angels to preach the gospel. It's our job. It's our job to get the gospel to the world. It's our job to get the gospel to the people of Sentinel Island and many, many other tribes that are isolated from the world, have no contact with the outside world. But they need Jesus. God, give us a heart for souls. Give us a burden. We only have so much time on this earth, and only you know how much time that is. God, help us to truly redeem the time, to use the time right. The days are evil. We don't need to get caught up in the evil and wickedness of the world. We need to seek you at all times. God, have your will and your way in our hearts. Have your will and your way in this invitation. God, anyone here today who's not 100% certain that that they would go to heaven if they died today. Oh, give them the boldness to come forward and let someone share Christ with them. We love you, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing a song of invitation. Listen, we have men and ladies here ready to help you. As Brother Mike said, some of you are carrying a burden. Don't walk out of here with that burden. Let someone pray for you. Let one of your brothers or sisters in Christ pray with you and share that burden with them so they can be praying with you. Oh, if you need to be saved, if you're not sure that you have eternal life, come. Let us open the Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can know that you have eternal life. If you want to come and pray yourself, you're welcome to do that. You can pray at the altar. You can pray in the front pew. If you know this is where God wants you to have your church membership, come see Pastor Chuck right here in the middle. Whatever the need is, we are here to help you. Come now as we sing. I have decided to follow Jesus.
missed in a word of prayer. I do ask you to pray for, I know Pastor Chuck mentioned we fly to Peru tomorrow, and then we're going to Trujillo first to see uh, Brother Robert Marino and figure out all the details for the trip in August. Then we're going to see Jason Holt. Um, I'm preaching Thursday night in Peru. He says, as soon as we get off the plane, we're going straight to church, and you're preaching. I'm like, Okay. Uh, and then Saturday morning, we're teaching a class to pastors. So pray for us for wisdom for that. Um, Going to be on nine different flights total. I'm not a big fan of flying. My son has a private license, and I will not go up in a plane with him. <laughs> it's not a reflection on him. I trust him. I don't like those little planes. They kind of bounce around. I like... Big, huge, gigantic plane, 747. That's my favorite. No, they, the other one that's double-deck all the way. So I'm one of those ones. They don't move. They just, you don't even know you're in the air. That's my idea. But uh, pray for us. Pray we get everything done. We've got a lot to do down there. Please pray for my wife. She's recovering from COVID, and uh, she's going to be left here. So I've got people checking in on her. So please, please be praying for her. And Pastor Chuck. Hey, let's pray. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, hear our prayers, Lord. We love you. We, uh, we just want to be light. Lord, help us to uh, forsake sin, walk with you, allow you to work in us and make us everything that you want us to be and impact this world for you. Thank you for this great service and give us a great day and a great week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.